Hello, my name is Rita Balligan and you are listening to the Big Picture Podcast, a podcast where we dive deep into the minds of creative business owners and people who are striving in their careers. With every successful person, there is more than what meets the eye. There is a story, a bigger picture. And every week, I'll be finding out what that is, the how, the why, and when. Are you ready to be inspired? I am. Let's go. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Podcast. It has been so long but I'm here and I'm grateful and I'm alive and I feel missed so I'm excited (laughs) to be here today. Um, Sis has just been going through it, you know, life happened and I just had to, you know, sometimes in life you just have to sit down and figure out what you need to do next. You just have to stop moving and I think that's okay. I think it's okay sometimes to just stop moving you know? But anyway, I'm back and I'm really, really excited just to get back into it. Um, So I don't have a word of the day today. I have a phrase of the day. And my phrase of the day is, delay is not denial. And I've just been feeling that a lot recently. I just feel like, you know, even if you're a professional, maybe you've been going for interviews nonstop and you haven't got the job that you really want and it might feel like everyone around you is just doing amazingly well and you're like, "Uh, what's happening to me? Like, when is it going to be my turn? When am I going to get this job that I want? When am I going to have enough money? Delay is not denial. You could be a creative, maybe like you're pitching different ideas, you're writing or you're trying to direct or you're painting or whatever it may be. You're going for auditions, you're just not booking it and you just feel like all of my friends are booking jobs. What is wrong with me? (laughs) Delay is not denial. I am such a firm believer in seasons and when it's your time, it's your time. So, you know, sometimes in life, just learn to pivot, you know, if just find, you know, new directions and I'm not going to preach onto that but yeah my phrase is delay is not denial and that's it okay right moving swiftly on I'm super 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 excited about my guest today and I know I say I'm always excited but maybe I've just got really great taste because everyone that comes on here is always someone that I that inspires me and for my guest today I remember there was a day I was feeling really really tired like honestly I really felt like the world was on top of my shoulders like oh I'm so tired and these times I'd only done one thing and I was so tired and she posted her schedule on her Instagram and I remember just looking at it like I'm actually embarrassed. I can't be tired because <laughs> this girl <laughs> does so much stuff. I've done one thing today and she has gone for casting. She has done some therapy. She's done all sorts of stuff. So my guest today wears many hats. She is a mother. She is a wife. She is an actress. She is a therapist. And I'm going to find out today because I wouldn't be surprised if she does even more stuff. <laughs> but it's the amazing Ashley Bannerman. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you. Oh, that was, oh, that intro was so sweet. <laughs> It touched me. <laughs> oh, bless you. I'm I'm very excited to be here, actually. Thank you so much. As soon as I saw, like, your schedule and I just thought to myself, I need to get this girl on my podcast because I just feel like how, like, balancing so much at the same time and giving it the same kind of attention is just a special skill. So before we even get into everything that you do, I just like to start from the beginning. I like Mm. to just delve into your journey. So I guess my first question is, who is Ashley Vanneman? Wow, (laughs) what a question. Who is Ashley Vanneman? Well, I am an actress. Mm. I'm a therapist. I am a wife, a mother, you know, I do wear many hats. Um, And yeah, I'm 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 in a place in my life at the moment where I'm feeling, you know, quite content. I'm not going to lie, it can be a struggle to balance all of these things, mm-hmm. but I'm really sort of feeling like I'm coming into my own mm. really and um yeah, that's who I'm that's who I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> I might be someone else next week. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So how did it all like what's your journey? So how did it all really just begin for you? Cuz obviously you're doing two quite intense careers do you know what I mean they're quite demanding on both ends especially if it's at the same time yeah so I guess my second question really is just okay where did it all begin like what came first what came first okay so I suppose what actually came first was the acting because I mean if we're going back into like school days I used to love drama classes I was like totally like probably the only enthusiastic person in my drama class like everybody else used to hate it yeah and I used to love it (laughs) 
Um, and then I sort of at, when I did A levels, I did uh, like a drama A level, and I decided, oh, actually, I think I'm gonna go to drama school. Mm. And then I basically had a bit of an anxiety attack about it and thought, gosh, being an actor isn't a real career. Like Mm. I I told myself like, there's no way I'll be able to sort of have a real career if I'm an actor, so I won't, you know, get anywhere with it. So Mm. I decided at that point, I was going to kind of pursue my other interests, which, and I always did have an interest in psychology, which was um, basically doing a psychology degree. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I applied for university um, to do psychology. Mm-hmm. I went to Brunel actually, and uh, I did a Finn sandwich course. So that meant I had like two placements okay. during my degree. Um, so then I knew when I did the placements, like I enjoyed working with people. Yeah. I'd completely knocked acting on the head. Like I wasn't kind of like doing any classes or anything. I just had decided I was going to focus on this degree. And then towards the end of the first year, I, I had another like attack and thought, gosh, I really miss acting. Like, <laughs> I should have I should have gone to drama school. What yeah. happened? And then I considered dropping out of university and, mm. and pursuing the acting. But then I think I spoke to a few people and they kind of just said, you know, I don't, they don't think that's necessary um, to kind of finish my degree and kind of see where it goes from there. So once I finished my degree, I just I was basically on like the clinical psychology route. So I, I thought I wanted to be a clinical psychologist, mm-hmm. psychologist and clinical psychologists are people who kind of work with mental health difficulties, okay. basically. Mm-hmm. So um, I decided, right, I'm going to get my experience in doing that. I'm going to pursue the doctorate. Really competitive field. Like it's uh, people honestly try to dishearten you from going down a clinical psychology route because it is so competitive. Um, You basically have to do a doctorate and 3,000 people will apply and there's only like 300 places. And, you know, it's like very competitive. Yeah. So people like, you know, this... It's it's hard if if you want to go down it, but I was actually quite um, blessed because I you know did like six months I think as a support worker in a mental health hospital, and then I um, got a job as an assistant psychologist, which is kind of the standard route. You know, mm. if you get an assistant psychologist posting, you're in good stead to kind of apply for the doctorate, etc. And then I was I was working in um, a probation services. Well, actually, it was a forensic service and. Um, I and also as a research assistant and I applied for the doctorate and got an interview first year applying and that's also quite unheard of so it was for UCL I was like oh my god like this is it you know I'm gonna go on the doctorate and then I went to the interview and and then they told me I didn't get on and I was like oh okay that disappointment yeah yeah, all that build up (laughs) I was like oh it was all going so well and then suddenly but when I reflect on that time in my life Mm -hmm knowing how I am and knowing how I pursue things I didn't want it Mm. I really felt like I was doing this because I felt I had to I felt like that was the the route that was set out and I had to follow it and I I realized I was kind of chasing this thing that I wasn't even really sure that I wanted Mm, so it was at that point I, I actually it's almost like I had a bit of a young life crisis if you like and I really I remember exactly where I was I was in a library at work and I sat there and I thought what is missing from my life? Like, what what is it that I don't feel that I'm content with? Mm. And it was the fact that I, I, I missed acting. I really did. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, let me... I was going to contact some people that I knew were actors or in that field. So I contacted a, a girl that I used to go to school with. I contacted um, a guy called Ikeno, actually, who's a Rinze Kenne's brother. Oh. Yeah. And uh, my old drama teacher. Mm-hmm. And they all told me, like, you know, basically do classes and... Um, you know, get an agent essentially. So um, I think Kenna said he had been to Identity, and um, so I applied to go to Identity, mm-hmm. and um, I I kind of applied at that point, not really expecting very much. Just mm-hmm. kind of, I just wanted to get back into acting. Yeah. I just missed it. I applied. I went to the audition, um, and the usual route is that you know you go into freshers, and then I think after a, a term you, you get banded into you know different yeah, classes. That's yeah, we, we yeah, you remember, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and um, and so yeah, I did my audition, and they were like, they give me gave me a call like the next day or a couple of days later, and they were like, yeah, we really loved your audition. Um, we're thinking about fast tracking you to professionals. So I was like, ah, okay. Wow. So this has come out of nowhere. Like yeah. I, I was just going back into it just to feel like. Yeah, you know, I'm feeding that part of my yeah, ego. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> that know? part of your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got, I, I got there, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, we think you're good." So that was like a kind of a, a weird shock to me. Yeah. So they, they actually think I've got talent or whatever. Yeah. 
So I had to go back for a second audition for the professionals class and I did and then they put me into professionals and then I think a term, was it a term or a year after that? I can't remember now, I got it so long ago. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they put me into the agency group and signed me to the agency. So the rest is history after wow. that, you know, three months after that I bought my first job yeah. um, in casualty and- I actually. Yeah, you remember, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like, so everything was happening so quickly. Yeah. Now alongside all of that, the, the, literally the same week I got signed was like the same week I started my first, my first post-grad. Yeah. So I decided to knock the clinical psychology um, doctorate on the head, but I still wanted to work um, uh, sort of with mental health and yeah. as a therapist. Yeah. So I decided I wanted to train as a cognitive behavioral therapist. Yeah. So the route to do that was to do, uh, you basically have to do two postgrad degrees. And um, so I did my first one mm. at the same time that I got signed. And I remember it, there's always been this thing with my career that both of my careers run alongside each other yeah. and they always throw up like dilemmas along the yeah, way. And I remember yeah. the first dilemma was like I had training for my um, psychology post mm -hmm. And I had an, an audition the same day. Like literally they came on the same day. Yeah. Like I got the, you know, the, the note for the training, note for the audition. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? But I figured it out, went to it. Uh, I actually booked the job and I couldn't do the job because oh yeah, I had to like finish my training. Like it was crazy. Oh so, my gosh. And it was hard because at that point I, was, I really then got into a relationship with hating the fact that I did two things. Mm. Like I felt like I need to focus, focus. on one thing. Yeah. So did you ever, so how old were you when this was happening? Like when you were at the peak of, all right, I'm signed to the agency and I'm also doing. I was, when did I get signed? I was like seven. So I was 25. Wow. So 25. quite young. Yeah. To be balancing like both at the same time. Did you ever have a moment when you were just like, I'm not going to be a therapist anymore. I'm making it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I what stopped you from just not? I did. I did leave. Oh, I left. left. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I decided I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Uh, and I think actually w the reason why I'd come to that conclusion is because at the time I had a manager who I felt was really hated the fact that I did something else. Mm. And, um, and I think that's the thing with people sometimes. I think sometimes when people are discontented in their own lives or they feel like they haven't followed their dreams or their passions. They start that, to resent you. Yeah, when yeah. they see people that are doing that, mm -hmm. um, they kind of dishearten you about mm. it. And I really, I, that really affected me. It really affected how I felt about doing two things. It really affected my confidence in just being a good sort of employee or, uh, you know, being a good actor. And mm. and so I decided um, there was actually a day and I completely, it was just, it was, I really remember it because it was a really hard day for me. I'd come out of a meeting with her and I just went to the toilet and this is how sad I must have been because I literally was like on the floor in the toilet. Wow. And I was like, I prayed. I was like, God, I have no idea what to do. I don't know what route to go down. Yeah. I don't know whether I should be an actress and or I don't know whether I should just be in my nine to five. Like yeah. I was really stressed out about mm. it. It was really stressful. And God told me to leave my job. Wow. That's how I feel. Like I really felt at that time, God told me to leave my job. And I just knew that was not the right environment for me to be in. Even yeah. if it was to do two things, that wasn't, wasn't the, the right environment to do it. Yeah. To do it. And I remember coming out the toilet and I was, you know, my eyes were red and I was really upset. And I thought, okay, let me go for a walk. Um, I was working in Russell Square at the time. I'm just gonna go for a walk and get something to eat and just relax. But I felt really peaceful. I felt like mm. I'd come to a decision finally because it was yeah. such a sort of like back and forth for yeah, yeah. myself. And then I got a phone call, private number, to answer the phone. And it was Femi. Mm -hmm. and, Which um, is your agent. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, he's the CEO of the agency. So mm -hmm. usually when Femi calls you at, at, back in that time, it's usually because you booked a job. Mm. So I answered it. So I was thinking, okay, hey, like, what's what's up? And he was like, yeah, you've just booked the infiltrator. Wow. And I was like, wow. You know, like, yeah, yeah. that happened on the same yeah. day wow. that I decided I was going to leave felt really peaceful. That's all I can describe it as just felt this real peaceful feeling. Mm. And then I get that call and I knew that was the right thing to do at yeah, that time. Yeah. 
And that was your first feature film, right? Yeah, yeah. It was my wow. first feature film with Brian Cranston and it was amazing. It was amazing. And so I left, so I did actually leave. And it was great because I actually had two managers at that time. There was one who was like, re- like when she found out, she was like really excited. And the other yeah. one was sort of like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, I know, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and she was really like supportive and stuff. So that was really lovely. And um, yeah, it was just the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. And I was glad I left. And then, yeah, that was that. was That That is so hard, you know, like, because mm. when you were talking, it really did remind me about, like, my journey with acting and mm. the salon. Mm. And I found every time, like, two major things always happen at the same time. I remember the salon was doing some kind of event. I can't remember what the event was, but on the same day, I had an audition for Doctor Who. Oh, wow. And it was for like, you know, like a regular role kind oh of thing on Doctor Who, a new character. And obviously that's massive. Yeah. But the same day, there was a major thing happening mm. at the salon. So I just remember like not really being 100% prepared for the audition. Yeah, of course. And I remember that I thought that, you know, that like sometimes when you go for auditions and they want you to hold the paper in your hand. Mm, Do you know mm, what I mean? Mm. And I was like, okay, it'll be cool. Mm. I know it, but I don't like know it mm. you know I can just look up and down and it'll be alright yeah. I get in there he's all like you know it put the paper down I hate that I was like <laughs> I know what like <laughs> and from that moment I knew that I was doomed <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't know it to that point where you felt confident do you know what I mean mm. so that happened and it happened again another like big audition like it was a regular for casualty mm. and then I had like a big photo shoot for the salon at the same time and I'm just like God what is happening and you don't know what God's trying to tell you yeah, when I'm it's like, happening are you trying to tell me that there's clashes and I need to stop one and maybe just focus on the salon but then what I found is you know like last year that's what I did I really just was like alright let me just focus on the salon so much was going on mm. it just took my attention anyway so mm. I just had to take a break from acting regardless but then I felt like last year was such a terrible year and mm. I was like maybe it's because I wasn't doing Fulfilling acting that side of yourself. because that yeah. is a part of me it's been a part of me since I was 11 yeah. years old and you're so, a great actress yeah thank you, thank you. <laughs> so it just so that when you were talking about that that balance it's like god what are you actually trying to teach me and then I realized it's delegation like mm. being able to just delegation and just being able to just focus at one thing when that one thing is happening at the same time do you mm. know what I mean so obviously like if I've got something to do with the salon I will spend a few hours and focus on that mm. if I've got an audition I'm not dealing with a salon stuff yeah. I'm focusing on this audition and that's all I'm going to focus yeah. on do you know what I mean so that balance is so it's so tricky but that's not even the only hat that you wear so I still don't know how you <laughs> balance everything <laughs> but along like your journey have you ever had a moment in acting when you just felt like do you know what this isn't cutting it for me anymore. Because you said 100%. that you left your job, which is a big, it's actually a big step yeah. because you've, you're, what you're saying is you're getting rid of that security that you have at the end of the month. You're going to get a certain amount. You're yeah. able to, you know, acting is so up and down. Yeah. So did you ever have a moment in that season when you were like, no, nah, I can't do this anymore. This is too inconsistent. Yeah. And, and it was that moment mm. <laughs> when I left my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, the jobs aren't running and as much as they used to <laughs> what's going on here yeah. and um and i and, and in a way i don't even know whether it was about the jobs not rolling in as much as they used to i think it was because i had made this commitment mm. that i became a bit obsessive about it do you know what mm. i mean like i have to book a job now like i have to i yeah. have to i have yeah, to yeah, yeah. and i think whenever you get to that point where it's like i have to book a job to prove to myself to prove to my agent to prove to other people that you know, I made the right decision. Yeah, I made the right decision. And it's not embarrassing that, you know, when people ask, oh, what are you doing? Mm. Oh, I'm not doing anything. You know, it's... I hate when they ask that question. It's the worst question for an actor. That's like, just, yeah, news, news flash, everybody. That is the worst the question you can ask an worst actor. question. <laughs> like, anyway, yeah, carry on. But, yeah. So, yeah, I think that because of that, um, it created like an air of desperation. Mm. And I think that that never works, you yeah. know, with regards, particularly like you, when you're going into auditions and think, feeling like I have to book this job. It's a block, yeah. you know, and you yeah. need to go into auditions feeling relaxed and yeah. free and taking mm. control of your audition, not letting yeah. it take control of you. Yeah. And yeah, so it definitely, so at that point, I I really didn't feel, I, I wasn't sure if I had made the right decision. I know now I did, but mm. I think at that point I didn't. Um, and the second time I probably felt like that was after I had my daughter. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, what was that like? Because I know a lot of people get scared, you know, yeah, to oddly kids. to have kids because they're like, if I have a child, it's going to affect my career. Yeah. I'm not going to get any more auditions. I'm going to have to take this long break. So like, what would that? What was that process like for you, that thought process? Having children as an actress is just one of the hardest things to plan mm. um, because, you know, I've always wanted to have a family and I always wanted to have children. Um, but it was always just this feeling that, oh, I feel like I'm on a roll, so I don't want to interrupt my role, and um, I, I, I don't know how it's going to affect my career. It was the fear of the unknown, essentially. Yeah. And what ended up happening was it wasn't really planned. Mm-hmm. So I, I became pregnant, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so this is happening yeah. now, you know. And lo and behold, all my worst fears did not come true. Wow. My agent didn't drop me. You know, that yeah. went through my head that if I got pregnant and I was going to be out of the game, that my agent might be like, well, she's kind of out of the game, so maybe this is a good time to get rid of her or something. Wow, you know, that's like, such an awful thing to even it's think. It's such an awful thing to humans, think. Like, exactly. And when I told them, and I remember going into agencies to tell them, and they were like, oh, so excited for me. Yeah. And, you know, like, oh, that's great. So, like, you know, let us know what you need, how much time you want. Obviously, take your time, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. They were fine. Yeah. And, you know, I'd you know, work myself up into a state about it. And then also about working, I I did two, uh, two or three projects I think when I was pregnant. Um, one when I was about four months, uh, I did a film called Fifty Five Steps in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, and then I also did um, NW, and I was about oh. six six seven months. I was quite heavily pregnant. Yeah. And the funny thing about that one is that I said to my agent at the time like um, and he sent me through the casting and I'd already told him I was pregnant and I said look this film's in June like, I'm going to be like six seven months pregnant I can't I'm not going to go unless they know I'm pregnant and yeah. he said fine I'll tell I'll tell them so he told them and she was like yeah we'll still see her so I was like okay cool okay, yeah. went in a couple of weeks later I got a phone call he said look they love you obviously you can't do the lead role because she's not <laughs> pregnant yeah but they've got this other role that you could do as wow. a pregnant woman. Wow. So I was like, look at God. Look you know what I mean? God, like yeah. nothing meant for you will pass you by. Yeah. And all my fears about not working and my career being over because I was going to have a child was like completely inaccurate. Wow. And so I'd, I'd really encourage women, particularly female actors, like don't like put off having a family for your career. Mm. You know, because you could, you kind of got to ask yourself, like what would hurt more? For me, I want to have children. Yeah. So I'd rather that my career suffered and I have my child yeah. than the other way around. When I really put everything into perspective, yeah, you know, I think yeah. I would feel worse to not be able to have children when, I, when I'd when i want yeah, to. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just think, look, go for it. Yeah. Um, things will kind of work themselves out. They yeah. really do. Um, but yeah, so after I had my daughter, it's, it's yeah. tricky to get back into it. Yeah. But. Did you feel like, oh, okay, I've had my daughter now. I've had a little break. You know, we've been at home together. It's been fun, but I need to get back to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did yeah. feel that. I love, I love my daughter. It's the most, be- I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing that sort of beats the feeling of being a parent. Mm. Um, but I'm a busy person. Yeah. And I like to do things. And honestly, I don't believe I would be a good mother if I wasn't happy. Yeah. You know, like, and what makes me happy is doing lots of different things. Yeah, because so, I was going to ask, did you do you ever feel guilty? Because you know that there's some mums, they have like, yeah, yeah, they feel, oh, I should be at home with my daughter, but I'm out and I'm working. And, I'm, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't know if it's something that society has like painted yes. towards us. Like, yeah. It's like, if you're a mum... You just have to be at home and that's the end of that. And then yeah. suddenly you're a working mum. And obviously you're doing it also for her. Yeah. But do you ever have moments of guilt? Like Ooh. I had I had guilt this morning. Really? I had <sighs> guilt this morning because I'd I've been so busy over the last few days. Mm. Uh I had like a screen acting class last night. Um so I didn't really see my daughter all day. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't really see her last night because I got in so late and yeah. I was tube delays and all sorts. Yeah. And then this morning I had to take her to nursery and like she wakes up, you know, we've only got about an hour together before yeah. I rush her off to nursery and I'm yeah. you know, I'm here. So it's like I felt guilty this yeah. morning because I felt like she when she woke up this morning and saw me said, Mummy, you Aww. know, and she ran up and hugged me and I can tell by the way she said that that she misses me, yeah. you know. So yeah, you do feel guilty. But at the same time, like I said, I don't think I'd be a good mum if I didn't fulfill like every aspect of myself yeah and um i think that's the best gift we can give our children you know to to be i I think the best gift we can give our children is to be 
you know, yeah. be an example to them. Yeah. And that's what I want to be to my daughter. I want to show her that you can be whoever you want to be. You can mm. be an actress and a therapist. You can do those, you know, mm. two things. You can do more than one thing. You're capable. Yeah. Um, you don't need to rely on anybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the only way I can tell her that is to show her that, yeah. in my opinion. That is such an important thing that you just said, you know, like mm. the idea that you can do two things mm. and you can be good at both things. Because I remember being in drama school and the narrative was very much like if you do anything else other than acting, then you should not be an actress. Yeah, there that is was, no plan B. There is no plan B. Yeah. You are an actor. You need to put everything that you have into being an actor. And that is the end of that. Mm. And I remember being in drama school thinking, oh, my God, it's true. Mm. I am an actor. That's mm. it. <laughs> you know, I breathe. I live acting. Like, that's all I am. That's all. That, do you know what I mean? And it literally was only until my dad was like, what are you doing like there's so many talents that you have yeah you know why do you think that you only have one thing and that's the only thing that you could ever be good at and I feel like there's so many creatives that are like that where they're almost unhappy because they're waiting on this massive thing that's going to change their life and they're not living yeah yes exactly you're not living not living you're not booking that holiday because you're scared that if you book that holiday you're not going to be able to go because you'll book a job you can't live your life like that how can you live your life like that like oh I can't come on this holiday because yeah I might get an audition that's going to change my life and it does always happen every time you book to go away yeah it's true it does always happen you get an audition like I had to miss my friend's wedding earlier this year which was like no last year sorry which was devastating because we're very close but I booked a job and you know it's kind of part of the job though you know yeah. those things are going to happen yeah um but we can't live our lives like that we can't and that's one big shift mentally for me that really helped me with yeah. that because I used to worry so much about okay if I book up my diary with all this stuff god what happens if I have an audition this week I mean I can't think like that yeah I just have to live my life if it happens when the audition comes I'm gonna comes. have to figure out how I'm gonna fit yeah, that yeah. in yeah Luckily, like I said, I've got a good agent that is very understanding and understands my life, you know, yeah. so they know that I'm going to call back sometimes and be like, OK, look, I've got a client at this time. Could you book yeah. at 3.30 instead of 2, you yeah. know, like, so that helps. Yeah. But it is tough. Yeah. It is tough. Yeah. So when did you decide to say, all right, I want to still do, that's a part of me. So I still yeah. want to be a therapist. When did I accept myself? Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. When did you <laughs> accept yourself? Um, probably after after I had my daughter, actually. Yeah, it was about, it was for me, it was weighing up th- this idea about priority with passion, really, I mm-hmm. suppose. That was, you know, how was I going to let this fit into my life? Um, even when I did apply to do um, my postgrad to become a CBT therapist, I, someone told me, they're like, oh, are you still going to be doing the acting thing? The acting thing. The acting thing, you know. Because it's not a real job. Yeah, it's not real. We <laughs> <laughs> do an acting thing. And I was like, I lied. I said, mm. oh, no, no, I'm, I'm going to put it on hold whilst I do the, the postgrad. Because yeah. I didn't want the negativity of them saying to me, you're not going to be able to do, you're both. Not be able to do both. Yeah. And I get why they're going to say that, because it's extremely challenging. Even people who don't have kids find it extremely challenging. Mm-hmm. But I can't, you can't be, you have no business taking advice from people who are not risk takers yeah. or are not chasing their like you, 100% yeah. you're not in the same mind frame yeah they don't see that realm of possibility you do yeah and if you allow that to get in too much it can really sort of cloud your judgment mm-hmm. so sometimes you know I, I kind of keep that to myself yeah yeah wow so you decided all right cool I'm gonna be a therapist and I'm gonna do the acting and balance it all yeah. and that's what you're literally doing now. So earlier you were saying to me that you sometimes do online sessions, like I saw in your schedule. So does that help the fact that you can be a bit more flexible of how you do the sessions? Yeah, and that's exactly why I wanted to do um, those qualifications because I needed uh, to be able to be accredited to to, um, work privately, basically. Yeah. And um, so that's helped so much. Mm. And that's and that was a decision I made after I had my daughters that yeah. actually I was going to do this qualification to afford me the flexibility to mm. work privately. So I, you know, I, I do work in a service sometimes now yeah. as a locum, though. So yeah. I don't work as a per, as permanent staff because it's too difficult yeah, like, yeah. if I need to leave at short notice. Yeah. But. I so yeah so what I do I I, I kind of have a mixture of a schedule which works so much better mm. now takes so much pressure off um, that I'm, I kind of organise my own diary in that yeah. way um, so yeah that's that's how that's what's really helped yeah. me do both and I, look I believe life is seasons as well you know this is right for me right now mm-hmm. in 
six months time it could change it could change and that's okay yeah and it's okay and it it might mean that I have to put my therapy career on hold yeah or I might need to put my acting career on hold like it just depends yeah um but acting is my first love yeah you know it's something that I I want to do like all the time and I wish I could do it all the time yeah 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 but I also to be honest I like to live comfortably as well do you know what I mean and And that's okay to admit it's okay like (laughs) not everyone has to be a struggling (laughs) actor like and that's okay and that's another that's another narrative that you need to be struggling because you need to want it yes the beautiful struggle oh listen I have a mortgage listen to pay I need to eat (laughs) how about that like two and a half year old daughter (laughs) exactly so you've got a life (laughs) like you have to the, you know you have to and I think that the key thing that you said also is um, the fact that you did your research to find out what could work for you yes. and work for your lifestyle yes. Yes. you know because you could have easily said okay I'm going to get this job without doing research and say I'm going to do a job where I have to be in every single day Absolutely, 9 yeah. to 5 and that's what I'm going to do and if an audition happens maybe I'll book it off as a holiday or whatever but yeah. you decided actually I'm going to go in a different direction exactly. so I know that it aids my lifestyle. Absolutely. And that's another thing that you need to do. Like if you're trying to balance out things, you just have to figure out like, okay, what can work for me? Like yeah. what's flexible? How can I still do the things that I love? Because you can love more than one thing. Yeah. And don't be afraid to explore options mm. out here. You know, like you said, you gave great advice about, you know, who's to say that acting is the only thing you can do. Mm-hmm. I always have like a theme for the year. Yeah. Like I've I've knocked New Year's resolutions on the head because they just don't work for me. Yeah. So I just have a theme because yeah. then it covers everything. So last year was like discipline. Mm. You know, this idea that I'm going to, you know, use discipline in all areas of my life. You know, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's eating healthy, whether it's mm, um, yeah. when I commit to something, making sure I you know do it. Do it. Yeah. That helps. This year for me is diversity. So it's just this idea that I'm going to try lots of new things. I'm going to, you know, um, like I'm like uh, writing at the moment and things like, like that. that. Just yeah. to kind of con- always to continue continue to stretch yourself. Yeah. So don't be afraid of trying new things and being flexible mm. and, you know. I love that. Yeah. I really love that. I think for the year. Yeah. I, mm. For me, it's changed my life. Like, yeah, because it makes so much sense. And it's not so yeah. rigid. It's yeah. like flexible. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. So this week is Mental Health Awareness Week. Yes, yeah. yeah and um, I was thinking about it a lot because um, I knew that obviously we we're going to meet this week mm-hmm. as well. And I just was thinking to myself that even as a creative often, mental health is actually a big thing Huge, because yeah. you are literally going from being up to being down. Like you you get an audition and you are super, super excited. You're like, oh my God, this, this could change my life. Yeah. Then you don't book the job and then you're really, 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 really disappointed. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, it must be me. Is there something wrong with me, you know? And I remember last year, um, I went through like a really weird phase that I didn't even know that I was going through it mm. at the time mm. until I watched an episode of This Is Us, which is mm. the strangest thing. Like. So I had a, like a mini breakdown, but I didn't know at the time that mm. it was a mini breakdown. Mm. I just thought, I'm just feeling a bit sad and that's it kind of mm. thing. But I was more than just a little bit sad. Mm. Like I was really, really down. Mm. I didn't do anything for like a week, no judgment. Literally mm. didn't do anything. And to the point, I remember my brothers were like, um, you haven't moved from this sofa, like wow. literally. And mm. I didn't. I didn't realize I was just in it. Do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd allowed my mind to go into this place where I'd never let my mind go. Mm. Do you know what I mean? This place mm. of just extreme disappointment. Mm. Um, this place of allowing what people say about me. Because as an owner of a business, you have staff that sometimes they just don't like you. Mm. And I allowed staff that had issues with me to actually sit in front of me and say how they feel Mm. and it's good to allow yourself to be open Mm. but what I found is that I was taking it in yeah internalized I mean and bit by bit Mm. I kept accepting what Mm. they were saying so Mm. if they will say things like yeah you're just not professional and it's like you're right I'm not professional Mm. or you just don't know what you're doing it's like oh my yeah I absolutely do not know what I'm doing do you know what I mean I'm literally like what am I doing with this business like Mm. How am I going to make this business work, you know? And I just allowed it to just seep in. Mm. And I did not realize until I watched, like I said, I watched this episode of This Is Us and the character Randall, um, he had like this major breakdown in his office where he literally could not stop crying. And this was something that he had experienced often and his wife would have to literally get him out of this. Mm. And I was like, that's what I, that's what happened to me. Like, 
oh my gosh, I had a breakdown. So I was like, yeah. mom, mom, I think I had a mini breakdown. And it's like, I didn't get out of it as well. Like, yeah. even though I had the breakdown, I was crying every day for every single thing. Like, oh, honestly, yeah. you could say anything to me and I am literally walking out and I'm crying. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. All the yeah. stuff that I loved in terms of with the salon, like doing promos, I couldn't do anything, like nothing yeah. for like literally half the year. And I didn't realize, and I think that happens to a lot of people when they don't even realize that they're not exactly who they were before, you know, because yeah. of mental health. Like they, they only see mental health in one particular way. Yeah. Yeah. But then when it's actually happening, yeah. I, like I didn't realize. Yeah, we're in denial about in it. Denial, yeah. you know, we don't want to confront that side of ourselves. We yeah. don't want to admit that we're struggling. Yeah. And and the fact of the matter is, is that we all go through periods of times where we struggle. Mm. I'm sure that when people say negative things to uh, if someone says something negative to you, you know, on occasion we do internalize it, mm-hmm. and it's going to affect how we feel. It's going to then affect, you know, how we think. It's going to affect our emotions. It's going to affect what we do, mm. and and we get into a vicious cycle with it. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So I think the problem is, is it is about you know, and it's great that it's mental health awareness week because it, it's about making mental health visible. You mm. know, like you said. Thankfully for you, you watched something. You were able to identify your symptoms and be like, yeah. "Gosh, I'm I'm going through it right now." Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, for example, it's like people wouldn't necessarily like seek support at that point. You exactly. know, where you're totally within your rights to do that. Yeah. You know, and it's like we want, it's almost like we don't feel like we deserve help. We don't feel exactly. like our problem's big enough. You yeah. Know? I'm alive. I've got my house. I've got my family. Yeah. You know, what, what have I got I to be down about? Yeah, exactly. And that's just, it's so like, it's so unfair on ourselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. we have to show ourselves like self-compassion as yeah. well and just understand that, look, we all go through difficult periods. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with seeking additional support. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with talking about how I'm feeling. Um, mm. It's okay. Yeah. Because you know? what I was going to ask is, what kind of advice would you give to I guess I guess it's a two it's a twofold question actually because I think a lot of people even if they have a friend who mm. is going through something they literally don't know what to do because I remember that season and I remember that summer mm. in particular and it literally felt like everyone was fighting me mm. and no one was talking to me mm. and you know, I remember I would say, like, I would actually say to people, because I'm a very honest person. Mm. Um, I try my best to be as honest as possible and be open. Mm. Um, so no one can use anything to shame me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, this is what I'm going through and it is what it is kind of thing. So I would say to my friends, like, this is what's going on. Like, I wouldn't really go into details of yeah. what's happening sometimes, but I'll be like, I don't feel good. Like, I feel really sad. And they will, like, talk to me for just that day and then never check up on me again. Yeah. Um, I felt yeah. <laughs> that they stopped inviting me out because mm. um, I guess I wasn't my normal self. self. Yeah. Um, I was really short-tempered, so I wasn't like the nicest anymore. Like mm. something that I probably would look over mm. and not really care about. I was literally having, like, I remember one of my friends, like she said something that was just, you know, usually I'll just be like, oh, it's whatever and mm. talk to my mom or talk to someone and be like, she was really annoying. But I literally told her that she was annoying. Yeah. I was like, you are so annoying. Like, mm. I literally just had no, you know, Filter, and I yeah. felt like people didn't even have patience for that. Yeah. You know, it felt like everyone disappeared. That's what, it, that's what it feels like when you're in it mm. kind of thing. So what would be like your advice for if a friend has come to you and said, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Like, what can people do? Yeah, yeah. I think that... The, I think the only advice I can give is do what you feel is right at the time because what we have to understand is that people can only offer what they have. Mm. You know, some people might be going through their own situation and they might not feel they've got the resources to support somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, if you have a real friendship with someone, your natural inclination is to check that they're okay. Yeah. And I think listening is usually the number one thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, listen try not to necessarily even necessarily give advice but try to validate yeah. what people are feeling yeah. maybe use some of your own experience to say look yeah i felt like that too you yeah. know when i you know last year when i went through this situation i also felt like that you know validate yeah. how they feel because that's often what we need as humans just yeah, to know that we're normal and, and we're not alone through, yeah. we're not alone we're going through yeah. these difficulties as well um and i think i personally i believe that people are experts on themselves you know, even as a therapist, I feel I feel like I'm not here to teach you. I'm here to guide. You know, mm. I'm here to support you. 
to find the answers yourself mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you're the person who after our sessions end you're going to have to live with yourself yeah. and you're going to have to know how to identify your triggers how to identify those negative thoughts and the anxiety mm. and and then to use some of the coping strategies that we've gone through together yeah you know to to use it so you know we have general advice about things like low mood you know often we, we think about different areas mm -hmm. um you know like activity you know think about what what are you doing when you're feeling down a lot of the time we sort of withdraw from people we isolate yeah. ourselves yeah, yeah. Um, so I think what can be great is as a friend to kind of support your friend to have a bit more contact. You know, mm. it might be through text, through phone calls. Yeah. It might be um, inviting them out places, um, you know, because they're usually waiting to feel better to do more. Yeah. And actually what we often need to do is to do more to feel better. Ooh, yeah? yeah. So and that often lands with my client. I mean, I say that in a session to someone, they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because yeah. we wait. We're just like, oh, my God, I feel awful. I, I'm just mm. waiting to feel better before I can go to the gym or waiting to feel better to see my friend or call my dad or whatever it might be yeah. we have to do more to feel better that time might not come it might not come where you're feeling like motivated yeah you ha might have to put your gym shoes on and before yeah. you feel like going to the gym mm. because what we know is that once you get to the gym you do that session yeah you feel great yeah. you know you've got the chemical responses you feel good and then also you say to yourself, wow, I've achieved something, you know, yeah. even though I felt that way, I got to the gym, I did that workout, I feel great. Mm. So then next time that time comes around, yeah. you're going to think, actually, I remember what it felt like to go to the gym when I didn't feel like it. And it felt great. You've got that emotional memory yeah, that you can yeah. use next time. So, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I never really thought of it like that, actually, mm. to you have to do something to feel better yeah yeah you you've know? got to get that positive sort of reinforcement yeah because yeah. I do remember I literally wasn't doing anything yeah you know and now I feel uh, you know 10 times better um but it's because I'm doing stuff again mm. do you know what I mean yeah and yeah, also do. I've just accepted all right cool that happened and you learn from it as well and you know you understand it and it, you can process it and you're like okay this was just a season I just had to go through Absolutely, you know yeah. but at the time you literally just feel like uh what am I doing? This is like the worst feeling ever. I can't do anything. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. So I think what you said is just so, like, I keep thinking about it. Like, it's so true. You mm. have to just do stuff to actually feel better. Mm. Would you recommend people just, because I think therapies become, I mean, more people are actually talking about it. Yeah. But do you think, like, is it set? Because people think, oh, something major has to happen in my life before I go to therapy. Yeah. But do you feel like, actually, maybe sometimes you should just do it even if you feel like things are okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's each to their own, really. Mm. Um, I think that uh, the way I look at it is this. If, you, if you're if you going through something and you feel like it's affecting your functioning, you know, it's affecting your day-to-day -day life, mm. then that might be an indication that you like might need to seek some additional support you mm -hmm. know and it's helpful to see people and talk you know yeah. sometimes you want to talk to people who don't know you or you feel like you're not going to be judged or whatever it might be so I I would definitely recommend therapy I think I just think it's great to have a safe space safe space mm -hmm. to just talk about how you're feeling yeah. and just to we don't we just don't get that opportunity we're mm -hmm. rushing about day to day we don't we don't we spend so much time worrying about the future and ruminating about the past uh, we don't spend any time in the present you know mm, sometimes yeah. we need that time to just have for ourselves mm. we need to carve out that time of self-care so yeah. yeah i mean i definitely recommend it obviously yeah <laughs> yeah i'd be yeah. in the wrong business if i didn't <laughs> recommend it <laughs> no 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 because um yeah it's just something that i've like i just hear a lot of people talking about it more yeah. you know like even when it comes to like relationships and all sorts of like do you know what i've started to go therapy because i wanted to unpack like what's happening yeah to me yeah. and why great. i do things in a certain mm. way and stuff like that but at the same time you still have i mean if you're like nigerian or Ghanaian or yeah. African, whatever um it's like therapy for what just, yeah you're not sick you're not sick just yeah. pray <laughs> just pray about it god will show you the way which obviously i definitely believe in but i do believe that um therapy is just it's really important and i loved what you said that we are like experts of ourselves yeah absolutely because when you really do take that moment to actually sit back and evaluate like yourself mm. I, sometimes i feel like i have therapy of myself i say this to my mm. friends all the time like i'd be like rita why are you doing what you're doing okay and how did that make you feel okay all right so, that's great I do you know what i mean good. so i really do <laughs> i really do have conversations with myself and like I, I like it it helps but i definitely would recommend um 
like therapy yeah you know and it's just it's just so so important you've just actually given so many gems right now oh. that i'm literally unpacking as i am talking to you <laughs> thinking about it and i'm gonna go home and think about it more um what other advice would you give like if someone is i know you said okay you need to like do something you know like don't wait to feel better yeah to do something yeah. you'll feel better by doing something what other kind of advice um would you give you know like people could be going through different things that they don't even know like anxiety and you know like also like what would you say I know that's quite vague (laughs) no no um no I kind of understand what you mean I think I I think a lot of the time is like identifying the problem is the main thing because Mm. often we kind of just don't feel ourselves yeah we don't feel good Mm -hmm. and I think what frustrates people a lot of times that they don't understand why you Mm. know and I think asking yourself like like, for example if you're feeling anxious you know a good question to ask yourself is what am I anxious about you know Mm. am I anxious about being in social situations or am I anxious about my future or am Mm. I anxious to go on the tube or you know because there's lots of different types of anxiety you know and different sort of types of anxiety difficulties as Mm -hmm. well so asking yourself like what are my triggers you know what are the things that make me feel anxious and then start thinking about you know what are the thoughts that are going through my mind when I'm in that situation like exactly in the way that you're doing you know how does that make me feel you know and and what what's keeping my problem going? Mm. Is it, for example, am I avoiding social situations because I, I hate them so much? And then when you avoid them, you feel guilty, you feel down, and yeah. then you're losing social contact with people. Yeah. And, um, you know, often avoidance is one of the things that keep our problems going. Wow. And, and confronting our fears are really important. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just about kind of pinpointing for yourself what you actually feel the difficulty is. I'm mm. um, trying not to be vague about the problem and trying to understand it and sometimes we can do that by ourselves sometimes we need help to do that yeah Um, yeah yeah. to be like specific yeah yeah definitely one thing i'd also say is like to just not feel ashamed of what you're feeling oh absolutely you know and feel guilty for feeling how you're feeling you know because again like when i look back i did like go through phases of just feeling like guilty that i couldn't hang around with my friends Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like oh man they must think i'm just a boring friend do you yeah. know what I mean? And that was like a constant, you know, thought thing. And I had to literally like mute people on Instagram wow. because I was like, I don't want to see that I'm not. And the thing is, it could have just been a very, and like when, now that I've spoken to my friends and like they're, you know, they've been amazing, like ever since we had our conversation yeah. kind of thing. But, you know, like I, how I saw things was just completely different. You know, I felt like, oh, let's have, all right, guys let's come round to mine, man. Let's chill and have some fun, but don't invite Rita, man. You know what she's like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's what I thought in my head yeah. was going on, which was not going on. It was just a random, oh, yeah. what are you guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, cool, come round. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They didn't think, oh, let's not bring Rita or yeah. let's not, you know, but. I literally just posted on my Instagram yesterday, yeah. this post, like it, I just said, thoughts are not facts. Exactly. Yeah, because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We're in a situation um, which seems ambiguous, mm-hmm. you know, okay, three of your friends have gone out and you're not there, Mm -hmm. the immediate thought, gosh, they don't like me. Yeah. They didn't invite me because they think I'm boring. Yeah. (laughs) They hate me. Everybody hates me. Yeah. I've got no friends. Literally. Literally. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So all of this negative self-talk, right? So that happens. And then what do we do? We accept those thoughts as facts. Mm -hmm. We do not see any other realms of possibility, Mm -hmm. which might have just been, oh, they were just on a, a WhatsApp conversation and said, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're in the same area as me. Okay, oh, let's meet through. up. Yeah, yeah like exactly. completely impromptu, yeah. not planned. You were not even a thought, not in a bad way, but yeah. just in I a mean, sense I live that... In, I used to live in Croydon, yeah. so no one was thinking about me coming from Croydon <laughs> to come to Central. They're like, it's going to take her about an hour. Yeah. So, you no know, you know, that's the thing. We yeah. just accept these neg- this negative thoughts as facts. And then what does that do? It changes our behavior. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to mute you on Instagram. Yeah. Now I'm not yeah. going to talk to you anymore. Yeah. And guess what? That creates a whole other cycle. Yeah. Which is like, oh, now you've got an issue with your yeah. friend. You and know? you don't know why. And you're you like beefing. And you don't know why. <laughs> and you're arguing on like some weird subtext yeah. that you haven't even discussed. You're so. going on Twitter like, oh, man, <laughs> ain't no one real no more. <laughs> <laughs> Hands up if you're a real one. Like, Throwing them subs. Yeah, man. <laughs> I just feel like I'm so lonely and no, it would be all sorts, all sorts, you it's know. Crazy. And it's just stuff that you've made up in your head. And it's only when you have those conversations because oh like you God, said, yeah. If your friend is a real friend, yes, and this is like 
we're in this like time where it's like, oh yeah, like, I want to be seen around cool people and yeah. industry people and this, that, that. If someone sees me with so-and-so, it, it looks like I'm doing something with my life. Let's yeah. just like scratch all of that. Yeah. And if you actually have genuine friends that actually care about you, that actually love you, when you actually have a conversation with them and even if they, maybe they didn't check in on you because people are going through their own things and life is happening, instead of just to assume that they're not checking on you because they don't care, just have a conversation yeah. and be like, this is how I'm feeling. I just felt like I felt really alone. And yeah. they'll be like, oh my God, no, that's not what happened. This is what happened. I was super busy. I'm so sorry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then your friendship can just be Absolutely. solid. But a lot of the time we actually seek, I don't know, seek comfort from people who they're not your friend. Absolutely. They're just acquaintances. And yeah. that's not a bad thing. You can have acquaintances. They're yeah. just people who are there in your career. You yeah. know, they just want to, you know, when it comes to, you know, you're writing, so you know who to call when yeah. you're writing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that friend isn't necessarily someone that if you're feeling sad, you're going to call your same Absolutely, writing friend, yeah. you know. And you know what? Your story is a privilege to hear. Mm. I don't believe that everyone has that privilege. Yeah. You know, share your story with people you trust. Yeah. Um, and that's it, really. You know, you don't have to... Sh- not. I don't believe everything is for everybody. Exactly. I, 100%. Um, I have nothing against people who do want to share. That's People deal with their own issues in their own way. Yeah. But for me, personally, there's only one or two people I'm talking to about yeah. my problems. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's just how I feel, no, you know? No, that's where I'm at, yeah. So, yeah. yeah I agree. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. Thank like, you. I feel like I just learned so, 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 so oh, much. Oh, good. I'm trying <laughs> to think if there's anything else I want to ask, but I feel like you've literally covered everything do you have any passing thoughts oh goodness parting thoughts <laughs> <laughs> this is when i'm meant to sound like really like intelligent insightful like, oh. <laughs> i mean okay i'll just say things that i would just recommend things that have helped me like mm. i said i've already mentioned it today like having a theme for the year i think that's been a really great adjustment i've made in my life you know picking a word that you can kind of apply globally across different areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, talk, you know, talk to people that you trust. Mm. Don't feel alone in your difficulties. Often people are going through similar difficulties as you mm-hmm. and it's okay to share that with people that you trust. And then I'd also say with regards to sort of like life and career and follow your heart, but use your head. Mm. That is what I would say. Yeah. Um, Go for what you want, but make smart decisions. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay, I'm not going to add to that. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Ashley, for Thank coming you. on. And until the next episode, bye guys.